Welcome to this special episode of the John Henry Weston Show. I'm your host, John Henry Weston. England is on lockdown. Churches are locked shut by order of law, and yet the subway that is the underground is still packed. Flights are still coming in from China and Iran and from Italy, and we're going to talk about it with LifeSite's own London correspondent, Paul Smeaton. You're going to want to stay tuned. Just before we start today, let me ask you please to consider giving LifeSite News a donation for our spring campaign, which is currently ending. We need your help to keep this program going, as well as all the news we share each and every day on LifeSiteNews.com. Please visit give.lifesitenews.com right now to give us your most generous gift. That is give.lifesitenews.com. Let's begin as we always do at the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Paul Smeaton, welcome to the program. Thank you, John Henry. Good to be with you. All right. This is unbelievable what's been going on. Uh, as much of the world, I believe uh, people are reporting that about 3 billion people are in lockdown. London is no exception yet. There are some very sp specific things going on in London that are very shocking. Tell us about what's happening. Okay, so prior to this week, we haven't been on lockdown. There were recommendations issued by the government, but they were not law. We were not obliged to follow them. Um, and so this week, they've come into force. There was a dramatic press conference with Prime Minister Boris Johnson on Monday. Um, and I think a lot of people, uh, well, certainly I am and, and many others, uh, are a bit shocked by the extent um, of those measures. So uh, everybody has been told to stay at home. You're only allowed to go to work if absolutely necessary. Um, you're only supposed to leave the house once a day at most. Uh, and you're only allowed to leave for four, four reasons, one of four reasons. So to go to the shops, to get, to get food, if you need the food, um, to for medical supplies for for work if you absolutely have to um, and so all of a sudden we can't do ordinary things like go to visit our friends um, or uh, even potentially be out for too long you know you're not you're not supposed to go out mm -hmm. uh, just for any reason it's got to be for a particular reason they have a once a day for exercise as well, which I found quite interesting. Is the same kind of allowance for prisoners. Uh, they also get out yeah. once a day for exercise. Um, yeah. Unbelievable. And it, it does feel like a police state a little bit, I'm sure. Um, and yet we're told this is for health reasons. But there's some very strange disparities. Um, one of the things that we note is that the uh, churches are locked by order of law, and yet in the Magna Carta, that's one of the things guaranteed first and foremost, uh, is the freedom of religion, the freedom of the church. Um, maybe you can speak to that. Yeah, well, I, um, I think that's probably the thing which is going to be hardest, certainly for Catholics, the fact that uh, for the next three weeks, uh, we can't go to a church to pray, we can't uh, go to Mass, and we don't even know uh, when the next time we might be able to go to confession is. 
um, because you're not actually meant to to uh, socialize um, to mix with anyone who's not of your household and there's no there's no provision for those sorts of necessary services in the uh, government's legislation so uh, that's very strange and it's uh, it's obviously something that all of us are, you know, our heads are spinning. We're trying to get our heads around um, this, what's, what's an utterly unknown, unknown situation for us. Yeah, absolutely incredible because you have this situation where you are now, uh, there are all sorts of things deemed essential, not the mass, not confession, and yet mm. you have a subway system, or underground as you call it, which is packed with people, flights still coming in from China, Iran, and, and, yeah. and Italy, uh, that's all seemingly very dangerous. Yet, mass could be practiced in a very safe way in a large church with, let's say, only 50 people or only 10 or however many, hmm. um, with them all wearing face masks, let's say, and keeping six feet apart or six feet or even meters apart or whatever. Mm -hmm. All that could be done respectfully yep. with, with the proper measures, and yet that's not even thought of because it's not seen as something essential. It's just unbelievable. Mm. Yeah, I mean... With the underground thing, I think, is particularly striking. So, um, mm -hmm. because it's the government who's imposed this 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 measure, this government who's imposed this legislation, um, and uh, they're allowing for a certain amount of people to go to work, people who absolutely have to go into work, and many of those people just wouldn't have any other means to get to their places of work other than by taking the underground. So, the thing that's happened there, though, is that because of the crisis, the number of services running on the underground has been dramatically reduced. So even though there's less people using it, there's less services for those people to get on. And so oh, wow. while many of us are adjusting to um, government policies unlike anything we ever have known in our life or ever expected to know, at the same time, the system is such that people can't avoid flagrantly uh, uh, going against those those uh, requirements, going against the requirements to social distance, because if they're getting on a train, you're not two meters apart from somebody. You've got several people, you know, ten or more people within two meters of you. Um, you yeah. you know, you look at the look at the photos for yourself. I'm sure sure you put them up for our viewers to see uh, the scenes on London. You're, you're a baked bean in there. Um, yeah, and uh, you're squashed up against everybody. It's 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 couldn't be less like social distancing. Um, so, I mean, if you're going to take a sympathetic uh, view of, of the government and, and, and what's happened, you'd say that this is an impossible situation for, for anyone to, to manage without inconsistencies. But what certainly is the case is that there's inconsistencies. Um, and that's, that's possibly yeah. chief among them. The other one is going to the supermarkets. So uh, people... You know, it, it's difficult to social distance in supermarkets. I think it probably happens to some extent in some places and not others. But I think you're 100% you're right about the situation with churches. That's probably fairly easy to, to manage in a church. I think most churchgoers would be more than willing to, to help in any way that they could to adhere to what the government's asking in order to go to, to, to a church. Um, but I don't think it's been campaigned for. I don't think it's been asked for by our bishops. And it was interesting that they cancelled 
public attendance at Sunday Mass before that was even asked of them by the government. That's now been ordered, so it's now it's uh, there's now no option um, if you want to obey the law then you, you have to cancel Mass. But, but last weekend there was, the, there was the option and the bishops decided, decided to cancel Mass anyway. Yeah, it's, it's incredible to me also because there's so many groups fighting for their services as essential services, and successfully so. And this is another huge disparity. So the abortion lobby yeah. has successfully, in England, lobbied that their abortions are an essential service. And tell us about what's going on there. Yeah, so the whole situation with abortion in England is, is, is one of the strangest things that's happened. So um, abortions, I think, are basically continuing as, as normal um, for, for now. Uh, so I think there's been a number of questions raised by pro-life groups in this country uh, asking how they possibly can, um, how anyone can have the medical expertise to say that uh, they don't present an increased risk of, of passing on the coronavirus. So there's that aspect to it. But the really strange aspect to it was that we had earlier this week a dramatic expansion in abortion in this country uh, for a very short period of time. Um, I think that there's an incredible story there. I don't, we don't have all the details at present. Maybe we will one day. Um, so uh, earlier this week, the government had on its website that there'd basically been a massive expansion for abortion. What was happening was legislation was issued by the government without a vote that uh, DIY abortions at home were gonna be available on, the, on demand in response to the coronavirus. So women being able to take both stages of the abortion pill at home um, at request. Now, that was on that was on the government website that appeared to be legislation for a period and then overnight it disappeared um we don't know yeah. we don't know quite what happened uh, please god there's a hero somewhere in that story and and one day we'll know we'll know the full details but um it's uh it's something that the abortion lobby wanted for many years and just like in the states you're seeing it uh where the abortion lobby are trying to push through uh expansions to abortion abortion laws um, in response to this virus, the same thing, same thing appeared to happen here, but then, but then was uh, was it was reversed. Unbelievable. There's all sorts of strange things happening uh, with regard to legislation, because as you said, everybody's in disarray. People are looking out for themselves, trying to get the provisions they need to survive a lockdown where they're restricted in terms of getting outside, and yet all of this stuff is being pushed through legislatively, giving massive. Uh, uh, powers restricting freedoms of people day after day after day. Uh, tell us a little bit about the powers being pushed through and concerns that way. Yeah, well, I mean, it, with those, I think um, it's possibly too early to speak authoritatively on them because um, the legislation has been going through this week. So um, what I'd say is that I think people are responding to this crisis uh, in different ways and there's so many big things happening that your your attention is shifting from one thing to the other as, as days go by and what I think we've seen is an increased concern about risk of the virus itself but maybe maybe less concern um, among the general public about the restriction of our civil liberties um, and about the powers that the state is accruing 
to itself. Um, so one thing that I believe um, has been explored on, a, on an article appearing on LifeSite is this idea that psychiatrists now, they may have the right to section, so to put into mental institutions, uh, people who they deem to be a mental health risk uh, indefinitely. Previously there was a six month cap on the time that that could be done. It had to be approved by two doctors. It's now one and apparently no time cap. So um, that sort of thing. Wow. Uh, and there seems to be increased powers given to the state for surveillance um, of individuals. Um, these sorts of things are very worrying. And uh, maybe more worrying is how few people are talking about them. Um, I think one, one person mm -hmm. who is speaking about them, speaking about them a lot is the prominent Daily Mail journalist, Peter Hitchens. Um, but he's taking a lot of criticism online for raising that. And I don't know how many voices are joining, joining with him. Mm -hmm. Speaking of these kinds of powers of the state and of, or even more nefarious proposals, uh, one of the proposals that uh, we saw and uh, is, is on LifeSite right now is just shocking, is actually a proposal for one world government. Can you explain that? Yes, yeah, so and that was that was something that I saw just before coming coming on this call with you, and so Gordon Brown, one of our former prime ministers, uh, is reported in the Guardian as having called for global government in response to the coronavirus. So apparently it's temporary. So I don't know if we should have some consolation consolation in that, and and who knows what what sort of response that's going to get. But I think that's just part of a picture of witnessing all of us sort of getting used to in the last couple of weeks witnessing dramatic world events dramatic statements um, uh, and dramatic things that impact our, our lives in the most basic way happening on a daily basis so um, please god there won't you know there, there'll be resistance to that and that that won't be picked up but um, mm -hmm. yeah hugely concerning Unbelievable. Just so many things happening day after day after day. You don't know what's coming. One of the things that you mentioned is that we'll be at this for three weeks. What is the official date of release, if you will, from this kind of uh, um, system? Or when do we get out of jail? I'm sure that some will argue that um, that in the case of this of, of a health crisis, that it's a necessary measure. But what, what I can certainly say is that it's a huge suffering for Catholics. Um, to be, mm -hmm. to be yeah, facing absolutely. that. It's, um, it's not something that I think any of us ever expected, expected to see. Yeah, we've never seen anything like this in the history of the world, actually. You've, you've never had a shutdown, a complete shutdown, almost all over the world, of the no. Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Yeah. Um, tell me, Paul, uh, you being right in the middle of things as a LifeSite correspondent, you're following this stuff every day uh, yeah. from most parts yeah. of the globe. Tell me, what are your concerns right now? Well, yeah, uh, it's a great question. Um, so uh, probably like many people, I've, I've lots of concerns. Um, so I have concerns uh, about my own health and the health of, of those, those dear to me and my family and friends. Um, and I've concerns about the state of the world and the state, state of my country. And particularly, I suppose, I, I'm based here in London. Um, I think that, uh, as we said, nobody knows what's coming next. And um, 
I think the only reference point that I have for an event like this is the 2011 London riots which were made international news and were, were at the time probably the most dramatic thing I, I'd lived through. I think that's already, it's already surpassed, this crisis has already surpassed, surpassed that. So with the London riots we saw looting, violence, um, violent scenes on the streets, businesses being destroyed by looters or rioters, um, cars set on fire over a number of days. It was spreading, it was getting more dramatic. Uh, there was a sense that the government didn't have full control of the situation, that the uh, police authorities didn't have full control of the situation. And it was the same, same in this for me in the sense that nobody knew where this was going to go. That was, that was, that's the comparison that I draw. We didn't know what was going to happen from one day to the next. Now, mm -hmm. I'd say this has already surpassed the, the London riots in terms of changes to people's lives. Ultimately, with with those, with those, um, with the London riots, ultimately life got back to normal pretty quickly. But already for lots of people, life isn't going back to normal. It's clear for people who've lost their job without much hope of getting it back, life isn't going back to normal. People who've witnessed, uh, all of us have witnessed this immense power grab by the state in the last few days. Life's not going back to normal from that 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 perspective. Um, but one thing that we haven't had yet is riots. Um, and since, since those riots in 2011, we've had a steady stream of terrorist incidents in London. Um, people tend to forget those pretty quickly too. And we've also had a soar in violent crime in our streets, in particular knife crime. Um, that's a huge story on its own and, and really uh, has been spiraling out of control for several years. So. Uh, as a Londoner, knowing that I come from a city city of riots down through the ages and which is which seems to have become more violent than ever in recent years, I am concerned that 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 will play out if if tensions continue to increase and if the uncertainty um, continues to increase if people don 't know what 's going on if people feel they 're having their their freedoms restricted and they don 't really know why um, then then, then I, I, you know, who knows? Please God, it won't. I think these things, uh, many people are making the point that these situations bring out the best as well as the worst. Um, and I think so far, you know, we're seeing a lot of the best, but as I say, we, we, we don't know, we don't know what's coming. Right. Some people have talked about this as a chastisement from God. Yeah. Uh, John Smeaton, your father, in fact, has mentioned that because of the grievous, yeah. heinous sins that we're committing, abortion, for instance, top of the pile. Um, what do you make of those assertions? I think that some people would probably say that we've, we've potentially been overdue a chastisement for some time. Now, I stress, none of us know. None of us know what's, what's happening exactly. Um, but uh, I think it's certainly, certainly a possibility. One thing that's been on my mind a lot in the last couple of weeks. Um, been recent events in in our own in, in our own country here, and and also in Ireland. So, in 2018, Ireland legalised abortion thanks to a national referendum. So the Irish people themselves voted to legalise the killing of innocent children in the womb. I think there's so many people in the states, in Canada, across England, Australia with really special and real connections to Ireland. And Ireland's a place that in the lifetime of my parents 
was a truly Catholic nation. My mum grew up in Ireland. Um, my dad was at seminary there briefly. When my dad was at seminary in Ireland, um, he, as he'd walk down the streets, people in the public would lift their caps out of respect to the seminarians. Um, mm. You know, people have talked, I think I've seen Michael Voris talk about the streets being thick with incense, and now Ireland's a place that chooses itself to legalise the killing of their own unborn children. Um, so an interesting thing that, again, people, people forget about was that the night of that referendum, there were the most amazing disturbances in the sky. This is all recorded in mainstream media. You know, I saw one article looking at it this morning called it the mother of all th thunderstorms. I looked out, well, I was sat in my, my back garden uh, that evening, and it was unlike I'd ever, anything I'd ever seen. Um, the sky was red when I was looking at it, and the, it was just a continual stream of constant heavy lightning bolts. It went, it went for long enough that I got bored, you know? I started to think, you know, does this happen all the time? This is, this is just uh, unreal. Um, and, you know, at Fatima, the miracle of the sun in 1917, we see, you know, the, the famous miracle that 70,000 people, people saw. I think Professor DiMattei talks about this sort of thing a lot of the time. Um, so the sun, danced in the sky but also plummeted towards the people gathered there um, and some people interpret from that uh, a certain threat that if man, mankind doesn't repent, doesn't turn away from sin, that a chastisement is imminent from God. Um, and the sad thing is, as one friend commented to me this morning, there isn't much sign of anybody repenting. There isn't much sign mm. of people repenting in the church. Um, there isn't that much sign of people repenting uh, in general society. There seems to be a focus on, on trusting the government, on trusting science to deliver us, but I don't think there's been a, a, widespread, um, a widespread idea that, that perhaps we need to review our lives. I think, sadly, as often happens in these situations, Many people, at least those people prominent in the media, uh, are coming out confirming the positions they already held. Um, I think we see that in the statements uh, made by Pope Francis earlier this week, suggesting that, that this, is, this is Mother Nature um, being angry with us. I think that's a confirmation of some, of some of the worst things that we saw at the recent Amazon Synod. I just pray that this situation, wherever it goes, that it, it gives people enough pause for thought to, to reconsider their lives, reconsider what's important, and um, to try to strive to walk towards the good and to turn away from, from the evil that many people have, have embraced today. Very good, very good. Let me, let's close off with what uh, you are doing with what, how this has affected your faith. I wrote an article earlier this week for LifeSite uh, encouraging everybody to pray the rosary daily as requested by our Lady of Fatima in 1917. Um, I think for me, I've been speaking to my friends and probably anybody who'll listen for, for some time now that things can't continue as, as they have been. You know, we cannot keep murdering our children in the womb. We cannot keep destroying the innocence of children through distorted, uh, immoral sex education that's 
pumped out across the world. We cannot keep wading further and further into sin as a people, turning away further and further from God. Um, but at the same time, I haven't deep down probably really expected to see the sort of change which is which is now potentially looming. Um, for me, it's made me realise that, that 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 life is short and that we don't have any guarantees and that the time to strive for holiness is is now. Um, so fortunately, as an Englishman, with the example of countless saints and martyrs through the ages witnessing to the, to the faith, with countless examples of great devotion to Our Lady, um, I've got plenty of guides and, and I'm blessed to have, have, have many good friends. And I think um, within my own community of, of, of Catholic men in London, um, it's been one of the great consolations that, that we're really encouraging each other um, in every way during this period of crisis. Intellectually, we're trying to help each other get our heads around what's going on. Um, emotionally, dealing with you know the fact that all of our lives have been turned upside down. But probably more, most importantly, spiritually, um, we're all encouraging each other that you know there isn't any time to wait. There's no time for delay to try to grow in holiness. You know, I think the situation is making us realise we don't know what tomorrow ho holds. Tomorrow could be a more dramatic story than we've seen for the last couple of weeks. So the time to try to grow in holiness is now. Excellent. Excellent. We remember that all things work for good for those who love him. So whatever hardships we have to deal with, um, the Lord will make them for our own good. Okay. Paul Smeaton, London correspondent for LifeSite News. Thank you for being with us and may God bless you. Thanks, John Henry. And God bless all of you. We'll see you next time. Hello, this is John Henry Weston. I'd like to invite you to subscribe to the John Henry Weston Show YouTube channel if you haven't already done so. There you will find all the past episodes and much more. Thanks again for watching, and may God bless you.